If you want a great conversation with a Philadelphia sports figure you should know more about, listen to One-on-One with Matt Leon on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. The island of Puerto Rico is trying to recover after the devastating effects of Hurricane Fiona, effects that are made even worse when you consider that in many ways the island still trying to recover from the devastating effects of Hurricane Maria that ripped through Puerto Rico back in 2017. Dr. Michelle Carlo is a medical advisor for the nonprofit humanitarian organization Direct Relief. She is in Puerto Rico, and we spoke to her about the most pressing needs on the island right now, how the problems from Fiona differ in some aspects from the problems Maria posed and how you can help. Give a listen. So to start, where in Puerto Rico are you right now? I'm in Guaynabo, which is outside of the San Juan area, part of the metropolitan area of Puerto Rico. Now that Fiona has gone through, what what are you seeing? What are what it's at the top of the list of problems right now? Right now, the top of the list of problems is first of all the the devastating destruction that has happened to a lot of infrastructure, especially in the central and southern part of the island which has affected electricity and water service. As of right now, 80% of the island has no electricity and about 65% of the island has no water service. So I would say those are the most pressing issues. Is there the ability to respond to this quickly in place right now or is part of the problem that it's going to take a while to, to fix what's necessary? Um, well, in terms of the electricity and the, wa- the water, it's going to take time because we know that the the grid itself, especially the power grid, was having problems before Maria, after Maria. So it typically takes a long time for full power to be restored. In terms of aid, such as the one that direct relief delivers, we are ready because we learned so many lessons after Maria. So we have our network in place with partners that thanks to many of the funding and the help that we provided, we're well prepared for such an emergency. So we have we are partners with uh, federally qualified health centers that have solar power installations and remained operational during the storm. We have provided them with mobile medical units that are ready to go out with outreach services and, and emergency medical services. So I would say that from the standpoint of relief, which is what we do and know how to do, uh, we are better prepared and ready to go um, as soon as it is safe to go out. You mentioned Maria, that was, you know, five years ago now, I think back in 2017. And one of the things we hear about these disasters, and then after a little while, the media, the national attention moves on. And I think a lot of people just assume that everything's fine, because they don't hear about it anymore. But as I understand it, there are a lot of aspects that never got back up to snuff after Maria. Am I correct there? You are correct. Of the funding that was allocated to Puerto Rico from Maria, only a third has been disbursed. So you can extrapolate to what has been done with that money in terms of of the repairs that needed to be done. And and thank you for reminding everyone. I mean, this is 3.2 million American citizens that live in Puerto Rico. And um, we hope to see the type of response uh, this time around that any other state would get in such an emergency. And that Real efforts are made to improving, especially the power grid and 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 its ability to withstand future storms. Because we know we are in the path of tropical storms and hurricanes. That's never going to change. If anything, it's going to get worse with uh, climate change. So, 
We just need to become better prepared to withstand that type of uh, event. If I read correctly, drinking water was not a huge problem after Maria, but it is now. Is this something that is is new with regards to, to storm damage as opposed to five years ago? Or was there problems with the water after after Maria? There was problems with the water after Maria. I think that proportionally, the reason that they're having so much water damage is because a lot of the uh, plants that supply water were actually flooded, ironically. So the water damage in this storm has been worse than with Maria. Maria was mostly wind, the, the wind speed that caused all the havoc in Puerto Rico five years ago. But yes, we had problems with water back then, um, and we are having huge problems with water now. I think people are surprised as to why three days out, we're still, you know, most of the population still doesn't have access to water. You mentioned your organization provides relief. What are the needs? Obviously, drinking water is is at the top of that list. But from a a medical aspect, you know, what are what are you dealing with? What are your your folks uh, hearing, seeing as they're able to get out if they are? Yes, um, we have people on the ground right now. Um, I think the, the most important thing is that we learned from Marianne. We are now reliving is the intimate collect- connection between electricity power and and health. For example, we have a team on the way now, right now to Barranquitas, which is a town in the mountains of Puerto Rico, because there's a girl there that depends on a ventilator, a tracheostomy and a ventilator to, to live, and they have no way to get power. So we have a generator with our team going out there. And so this is just a small example on, on how intimately linked those two things are. During the storm, a hospital had to be evacuated because their their generator failed. And in the middle of the storm, patients had to be moved. So we just want to stress the fact that Puerto Rico needs to look to resilient and renewable and and sustainable sources of energy to be able to provide health and healthcare to the the people from the island in, in a way that can be sustainable. You mentioned earlier that after Maria, only about a third of the funding that was allocated has been distributed. And the people you talk to, is it just bureaucracy? Is it, you know, some, you know, people of bad faith that have taken advantage of, of holes in the system? Like, is there a feeling where that money went? I think bureaucracy has had the most to do with it. Um, If you read the article that recently came out um, when the governor of Puerto Rico uh, was uh, in front of the uh, government accountability office subcommittee, it's a, it's a bunch of things. It's uh, having people that have the capacity to administer um, large amounts of funding. There's a shortage, as you can imagine from the COVID pandemic uh, of labor workers, of raw material, resources and we live in an island things have to be shipped here so you can imagine how behind that type of supply chain issues so it's a combination of things but it's still five years out a third of the money is is actually in the hands of people that are that are working to to get the the island back on its feet it's 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 discouraging to say the least people in puerto rico are americans yes it's not a state but they're americans and i just find it hard to believe that uh, this would be the same situation if this happened in Illinois or if this happened in North Carolina. I mean, there's always problems and there's always waste, fraud in every situation. But how frustrating is it for for your organization, for people that are there 
to kind of be under the umbrella of the United States of America, but it doesn't seem like it the same type of treatment. Yeah, it, it's frustrating, but but I think Puerto Ricans and direct relief, we, we like to focus on the positive and, and Puerto Ricans are extremely resilient. We are ready to get back on our feet like we did after Maria. I wish you could see the, the things that are being shared on social media, DEI's people with their pants rolled up, you know, cleaning out flooded homes and they're singing and they're dancing. So, so yes, we are frustrated, but, but we try to focus on what we can do to get back on our feet. And that's what Direct Relief is doing here in Puerto Rico. We are, you know, accompanying Puerto Rico to, to focus on what we can do. And I think the, 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 the idea, the paradigm has to change to how we can become prepared because storms are going to come our way. We know that. We just need to put our efforts and our resources and our funding in, in what can make us better prepared for the next one. Hopefully it doesn't come soon, but that, that's what we're focusing on. And obviously making sure that those who need help, especially healthcare, have access to it. And that's what we're committed to doing here in Puerto Rico. We need to take a break. We will have more with Dr. Michelle Carlo right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. A Philadelphia dentist today was sentenced to 22 years in prison and fined $100,000. This was just unbelievable. You got to understand the genius in Larry. Nobody was doing coke at this point. No one could believe that this highly educated, young, handsome man was this kingpin drug dealer. This is Wolves Among Us, the Larry Lavitt story. A documentary podcast from C13 Originals, a Cadence 13 studio. Listen now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation with Dr. Michelle Carlo, who is with Direct Relief, helping people in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Fiona. What are the concerns with problems with the water, with lack of power? You know, there's the emergency and there's the the problems directly because of the storm. But then there's kind of that next layer of concern of disease, stuff like that. How concerned are you the longer that that things are at this point that you, you're going to have to deal with other problems that are adjacent to the actual storm? Yeah, that's a great question. So so there's a lot of things that stem out from those two major problems that you mentioned. In terms of the electricity, it goes down to displacing people from their homes and you come to shelter issues of uh, having people close together and communicable diseases that can spread that way. We're still in the middle of COVID. So we know that there's going to be probably an uptick in these when people are subjected to this type of circumstances. In terms of the water, I, I, I actually am afraid that it could even be worse than Maria because the, the main problem of this storm of Fiona has been water and flooding, flooding. And, and in, in parts of the island that were actually not that affected by Maria. So if you talk to people in Las Cabo Rojo Ponce, they'll tell you probably that they're having worse problems now than after Maria, despite Maria having been an almost five category five hurricane and Fiona coming to Puerto Rico as a category one. And when you have flooding and you have water that's contaminated, then you add a whole host of other diseases that are waterborne, such as leptospirosis and the, you know, other bacteria that can cause stomach viruses, etc. So yeah, we have to now uh, look downstream, pardon the pun, to, to see what's going to stem from this major issue. If people want to help 
they hear this, they want to do something, what should they do? How can they help your organization? What is the easiest way to help and what do you need? What we need is to be, for people to keep their attention in Puerto Rico. Like you very well said, there's 3.2 million American citizens living here. So it's important to keep the light shed on what's going on here. Direct Relief has a website, directrelief.org that has a landing page dedicated to Puerto Rico and all the programs that we have we're um, running here in the island and they range from uh, critical infrastructure repair to mental health services uh, to mobile medical units and all-terrain vehicles to solar installations so if people want to help they can actually go there find out what we're doing and support all these programs in the island. Talk to me a little bit more about your organization, Direct Relief. Uh, we were talking off the air that that you guys are working to be able to, to to work better with other islands. And if I understand correctly, you're using Puerto Rico as kind of a hub for for your for your work. That's correct. Our work the past five years um, has been so successful that we have established wa- warehouse and personnel capability in the island um, year round to be able to deploy help to neighboring islands and regions. During the COVID pandemic, we were able to send help and ventilators to the Bahamas, Dominica, and we expect to be able to do so. So we have the capability to not only respond here locally, but also to nearby areas that need it. After Maria, now Fiona, and as you talked about, it's an island, you see storms like this. Is there kind of an overall understanding that Things have to change permanently with regards to how a lot of these things are attacked, how you look at energy, how you look at at housing that with climate change and just these storms becoming more consistent and stronger, that business as usual prior to 2017, just getting back to that, that's not going to work. Absolutely. And and I think that's one of the big issues that was mentioned in that panel that I talked about with the governor, is that when you reinvest to rebuild, it can't be exactly the same way prior to 2017. I think everybody, and I mean, anyone you would talk to understands the importance of, of investing in sustainable energy. And I think that there are powers behind the resistance to do so. And, and you can in, infer from that whatever you want. But we need, as, as a communities need to get together to demand that we look at other sources so that when this happens, we do not uh, come fall come back to blackouts being the order of the day what do you want people to know about the people of puerto rico right now and you talked about trying to stay positive and and stuff like that but what do you want people to take away from what the people of puerto rico are going through right now and how they're dealing with it we want them to know that puerto rico wants to get back on its feet we want to work ourselves to make Puerto Rico a better place um, for its uh, inhabitants. We are committed to helping Puerto Rico do this. Uh, We appreciate help, but we are expecting to put in the work as well. Puerto Ricans want to make Puerto Rico a better place to live in the long term, in spite of it being a tropical island in the middle of the path of storms. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.